Hey, welcome to the DC Comics Squadcast. This is Chris. And I'm Jordan. We're both huge fans of DC Comics, and we really want to discuss what's going on in the Rebirth universe. How you doing this evening there, Chris? I, I know we had a pretty busy last couple of days. I don't even know if busy is the right word for it, so much as eventful, I guess we could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. It's been an um, eventful week for sure. Uh, on, on the flip side, uh, it's been, uh, it was a great week for DC Comics, man. I don't know what you picked up yesterday, mm-hmm. but I grabbed the new Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that started nice um it's like the 90s animated series batman and the current animated series ninja turtles and it's it's a ton of fun man uh, I, I didn't know what to expect because uh, i don't know anything about the current running cartoon series of ninja turtles yeah they're a little wacky looking but like first from the first page opening this i was just like sold because it's so much fun uh, that was cool. And then Young Animal released uh, Mother Panic, which is set in Gotham City. Oh, nice. And that one, I like, I've been wanting to get back to reading it again. I just read it last night for the first time, and I'm like, okay, I got to read through everything else, and I want to come back and read it again, because I'm, I'm like hooked on that, man. It's, I guess Young Animal's doing a more mature readers kind of thing, and it definitely is. Okay. It's not an all-ages thing at all, but so, so good. Definitely worth checking out. I, I love it. I'm going to I'm gonna definitely pick that up. I think it's monthly, so. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'll have to check that out as well i'm i'm actually a little bit behind on on some things especially with everything going on the last couple days in the last week it's been a little stressful here in the household just trying to reassure my lady things are going to be all right here so really just trying to deal with all that but um was excited to catch up on on flash and justice league so yeah, absolutely so i'm excited to uh jump right on into it yeah absolutely um well, cool. The it starts off with a cool one shot, which is titled "Fear the Reaper," and mm-hmm. it's semi-narrated by Clark. And it's kind of just a reintroduction to the Justice League, while keeping mm-hmm. what we know from New Fifty Two and from the DC Universe Rebirth one shot. It's a cool discussion that he's having with Lois, and he's just kind of talking about: Are there any other places like Earth? Where they don't mm-hmm. have people like us, where, where we don't exist, where there's just the chaos that comes here, all of these attacks that come here, there's no mad gods, there's no superheroes, there's none of this stuff. I mean, it's a cool discussion that he's having, and it kind of made me wonder, too. I was like, yeah, I mean, it seems like Earth gets attacked by some cosmic villain every, you know, (laughs) every... Almost every day. (laughs) So we get introduced to the the Justice League by what turns out being called a Reaper, and it's this Mm -hmm. huge tentacly-looking ship creature that's spawning these other tentacly-looking creatures. Uh, They're attaching themselves Mm -hmm. to people's heads and sort of controlling them to go to a certain place. So they're like, turns out they're harvesting people. Yeah. This brings, you know, the Justice League together. And this was kind of uh, awesome to me. They end up, you know, cyborg boom tubes them inside the brain of this Reaper. Yeah. It's, it's somehow able to communicate. Or I guess Aquaman's picking up on its like brainwaves. And so it's able to sort of hear what it's thinking. 
Yeah. Really cool situation where they boom tube themselves inside the brain. Meanwhile, you've got Green Lanterns on the way. They get to the mm-hmm. scene and they're like, okay, I don't see them. Uh, they must be inside. <laughs> so, of course, they yeah. manage to get in there. And that's when Superman, you know, finally comes back uh, into the scene because he comes flying, ripping through the flesh and the brain and all that stuff of this... Mm-hmm. This, what is this a creature is it i mean it has a brain so i guess but it just looks like it's just i don't know it seems like some yeah, sort of vessel as well yeah it, it i mean it, it calls itself the reaper and it says that it's there to harvest humanity so it's yeah. pretty much using humans almost like robots in a sense with these things to attach to their heads i almost thought it was starro for a minute it's it's kind of like a mixture between starro and like a giant octopus or a giant squid or something it's kind of like a mix between those two but i think that's just there to kind of get the readers ready for the chaos that's about to right. ensue within the next arc so i think it's it's just there almost yeah. as like a you know a sign that hey look you guys y- you might have been able to beat me narrowly but you guys are just getting started yeah. so um i think that's what it's there yeah, for. yeah that's right because Super- superman does go on to say that it's techno organic so in it, it can, yeah. can regenerate so it's kind of a blend of like both machine and flesh uh, <laughs> right it's almost like cyborg yeah it is it's kind of the same and that actually kind of sort of comes into play later um when we yeah. get into the extinction extinction machines um so was there anything that we missed i mean anything major we missed from the one shot i mean it's really just kind of about okay the leagues together and i love the um the closing of it i got it here he says um aquaman saying i can't make out everything but uh the feeling i got was that this is just the start something truly terrible is coming bigger than we've ever faced diana just goes we'll be ready arthur and then uh batman tells superman you know will you and superman just says i'll be around and then you got flash flirting with uh jess a little bit there which it comes to play a little bit later on too then it ends with a great great page of the justice league with our introduction into our next storyline the extinction machines i think one thing to talk about in the one shot is there's a lot of distrust from both batman and superman in regards to really one another i feel like and not even so much the league like superman in the beginning when he's talking with lois sort of talks about you know it's not his justice league it's the other superman's justice league and you know they're not his friends and lois pretty much just reassures him she's like look if anybody can make friends with anybody it's superman and you're a superman you are now you now hold that responsibility even though he's already held that for a long time it's like look you're superman you can do anything and you can make friends with these people but i think the one thing to note is when um the rest of the league is up in the watchtower cyborg the flash aquaman wonder woman and batman they're discussing superman and, and batman says that he wants to let him get close but he doesn't want to you know he wants to see how it all relates to the bigger picture right, yeah so um i think that's important to note because as we'll see going on throughout you know the next arc that seems to play a uh, a pretty big piece in Batman learning, I guess not learning how to trust, but in a way, yeah, learning how to trust this new Superman and to see if he's really, you know, who he says he right. is. And um, what I think is really funny is actually in the Extinction Machines, um, in the first issue, there's a really funny moment where all these earthquakes are happening and all these global catastrophes are going on and different members of the leagues are all over the place and Cyborg meets up with Batman and it's really funny because he's talking to him 
him and he's like man i have a man crush over here looking at (laughs) you know metropolis look at him saving everybody and i just thought that that was a really really funny moment and then batman's just like focus Vic, come on (laughs) like we got bigger things at stake here let's go focus so i thought that that was that was really great because honestly man i i feel kind of like Vic, even when we first as we'll talk about when we get to our superman spotlight it's just it's a superman that everybody knows and and has fallen in love with in the past and there's without being too bright you know what i mean in the sense that like he's not he's really i guess you could say he's a realistic superman which is great he's not always extreme i mean even in the beginning like we were talking about with lois he he talks about his want for people to really see that he is superman and that he and that he's there for good it almost kind of reminds me uh, also of bvs a little bit so careful but uh, there george (laughs) oh sorry i I don't want to i don't want to get into that's for another episode but um no i agree with you completely though yeah i i really love what they're what they're doing with him and his character and and i think that him having to earn his trust in the justice league i think is something that is is great because that's something that would happen yeah. i feel and like in him home like having to find his own place within the justice league yes. even just for himself because like you said it is it, it's a lack of trust coming from both sides and so he's mm-hmm. kind of looking at it in the sense of like this is my family that i have to protect now it's not just superman yeah. and so he's literally the whole thing too but at the same time when they come to him for help he helps you know I, exactly. I love that aspect of it too you know extinction machines when they have all these earthquakes happening and what turns out to be the kindred made up all these people that they possessed and sort of formed into these being the giant beings that are um singing a song to bring I, about yes it, there's some things that we can talk about that you might be able to clear it for me because i'm reading back through this now a third time and i'm still mm-hmm. kind of like okay there's a lot of singing elements in here that i'm kind of trying to piece together yeah i think the one thing with that is like we were talking about in the first issue is Aquaman is the only one who can really distinguish what's going right. on. He has, during all these earthquakes, it's affecting all these major cities. It's affecting Russia. Green Lanterns are in Beijing. Cyborg's in New York. The Flash is in San Francisco. Batman's in Gotham, obviously. Aquaman's in Atlantis. And as Atlantis is kind of crumbling down, he sees these crystals. And they're these ancient crystals that are singing a song to him. And they're guiding him in the direction of the kindred. And um, they're actually you know singing these songs and the problem that he faces is they're all so staticky because they all lead to a different location and so ultimately what winds up happening is and we can go back and go over details a little bit more but aquaman has to go and place these crystals in a distinct place in order to help battle the the kindred so as they're rising to power almost pretty much overtaking the entire world they're planet destroyers they eat all the life in the universe they think that all these superpowers and all these all of these super beings are taking away from their power so they're there to destroy them and and not just them but destroy the world because every time they destroy a planet i believe that they get they get stronger and so there are these ancient crystals they've said that they've been stopped only one time before and i believe that that one time before that they were stopped was earth Hmm. i believe and so um they've come back again and they talk about how they waited years and by years not hundreds of years not thousands of years like hundreds of thousands of uh, millions of years and they've traveled 
throughout essentially the universe to find Earth and that they won't get this chance again. And what Aquaman has to do is he has to go and place these crystals in very distinct places. And ultimately that helps. It helps ultimately lead to the demise of the kindred. But also while he's doing that, you also have Superman that has to essentially sacrifice himself in order to stop these massive earthquakes from happening because these earthquakes get bigger and bigger and bigger and they're already destroying cities as it is. And what's amazing is that when they're talking about all of the effects of um, the damage that the kindred has done, only one person died during that entire right. event but i mean there were thousands injured i guess it just goes to you know it kind of brings back that heart and that that light and you we even see that you hear this in the flash is that death is something that ultimately feels like regardless of who they're fighting if somebody gets killed in the process it doesn't feel like they've won that battle yeah. at all even though that they've defeated their nemesis and so that was pretty shocking to me yeah. but Um, heading back to Superman, he pretty much has to go into the Earth's core and there are these seismic machines. He's having trouble moving them. And I don't think it's just his brute strength that's moving it. I don't know if it's a correlation between him and Aquaman, both um, moving at this simultaneously. I think it's a a mixture of everything. It's Aquaman, you know, swimming with the uh, crystals, having to drop them off. Superman pushing these seismic machines into the Earth's core to, you know, stop them, to make them explode cyborg pretty much goes to a planet of cyborgs right is that what's going on there the the green lanterns uh simon and jessica they went to find where and i thought they were reapers up until they told me differently when they're called the purge Mm -hmm. so the purge to me look just like the reapers but they actually try to go find where those are coming from so they're out and they end up going through a wormhole and they find this planet that's been all but destroyed by Mm -hmm. the purge and they're not finding any life forms, so they're like, well, let's just destroy all of this. So they start destroying it. Yeah. Once Cyborg, he actually taps into the signal or the language of the Purge to sort of redirect them at a certain point. And when he does that, he kind of, they sort of start to take shape. So Simon and Jessica are up there in this, this other dimension or whatever, and they just see yeah. a bunch of... What it looks like cyborgs, but like there's some that are male and female, and they're kind of busted up and raw looking. Yeah, and they actually end up using like like funneling those into through that wormhole to kind of help destroy the kindred. It's a whole other thing in itself. But like, yeah, I thought that was that was pretty crazy. Whenever they see all those cyborgs <laughs> walk up, yeah. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. I was like, oh, cool. We might get a whole story of a bunch of uh, bunch of cyborgs. Yeah. I think going back to the Kindred, the Kindred is actually, I think, made up of four giants. Right. And there, one of them is the light of the color spectrum, which flows through them. The other one is the power of the stars throughout the universe. The other one is magic. And then the other one is speed and motion. So they're actually stealing some of the powers from the Justice League. They're stealing powers from some of the green... Uh, the Green Lanterns, they're stealing uh, Flash's speed, and they're stealing some of the magic from such as like the crystals, right. the power of the stars. And so ultimately what winds up happening is along with what we were talking about earlier, Aquaman delivering these crystals and Superman ultimately pushing these seismic machines in the middle of the earth, um, the Flash also starts taking back his speed. And he does so by essentially, I guess, just standing up to them and just telling them, yeah. no, you're not going to take back my speed. And he tries 
tries and taps into, I, I guess, the speed force yeah. and just, you know, takes back his speed. And he actually winds up with more than he had because it didn't just take his speed. Um, it had taken speed from elsewhere before. So he also gets that as well. Right. And so Batman and Cyborg are trying to figure out, you know, exactly what's going on. And what I love, I think one of the best moments throughout this whole arc is when they're first introduced to the kindred and they're talking to Diana and Diana and they're like who are you and she's you know I am I am Diana I am you know the bringer of peace and they say like who are you and she goes I am truth and I love that yeah I was like oh oh hit me right in the feels <laughs> yeah. that's so wonder woman yeah and it was just a brilliant moment because it's like not girl this woman is a bad ass yeah. she just is she doesn't take crap from anybody and she'll punch you right in your mouth yeah. if you need it to so um but she'll also give you a hug afterwards <laughs> make you feel better which is just yeah. great it's so wonder woman i i mean essentially that's that's what's going on here in this first arc is they have to fight the kindred because their planet's at stake essentially what they do is they're destroyer of planets and they take all the energy from these planets and continue to move on throughout the universe they are not even the universe through time through they say that they're not involved in space or time and i'm that's where i'm starting to think maybe they get a dr manhattan in them a couple of qualities that he has sort of he he can exist with outside of the space-time continuum he can you know generate life form he can control yeah. certain situation he can control his molecular structure well they actually they actually kind of look like dr manhattan yes they do very much so and I, each one of them is like a different colored Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. I thought that that was pretty yeah. cool. And I'm like, okay, we'll see how this winds up going in the future. And so that's really kind of just a brief overview of of the kindred i thought that they were pretty pretty cool i i thought that it was pretty neat that they had to not just fight in unison alongside of one another but they kind of had to each go about their own issues but by the same token work in unison throughout the entire world and green lantern's case entire galaxies or even dimensions which i thought was pretty cool i mean it i also it took me a little bit to try and figure out exactly what was going on and i'm not even entirely sure that i still (laughs) no i mean i'm gonna have to read it I, I, multiple more times i mean i've read it through twice already and it's it's pretty good storyline but it, like you said it was a bit confusing at times because it was just everybody had these specific actions that they had to do and to jump from one person to the other to the other you didn't really have time to spend with each superhero doing their own thing yeah and so um i didn't mind it man i, I thought it was pretty good i like the i like the art and i like the um i thought that the chemistry was yeah. there for justice league and as much as they have to deal with adversity in trying to figure out who this new addition to their team is and along with the green lanterns because they haven't been working with them for very long either so it's really this lineup trying to work together and i think that that was a really good first test for them yeah and i think that they they really hit the that chemistry on the head and yeah especially with with the green lanterns you know they're they're kind of starstruck the whole time that they're there the, the yeah. part of it is it's almost kind of like they don't really believe it either <laughs> So mm-hmm. they're like, they're still kind of beside themselves over. It's not Hal Jordan, you know, it's us. Yeah, exactly. And then just as that's starting to happen, we get in this beginning of our second arc. What's going on with Jessica Cruz, man? I feel kind of bad for Jessica Cruz because even, you know, we'll talk about in our Green Lantern spotlight. It's just, I want this girl to go out there and kick some ass, man. And she just, I don't know what it is. If she if she feels like she just can't do it or I want to know more and more and more about Jessica Cruz and I just I I don't know man I I kind of feel for yeah. her you know it's it's tough she's in a a rough spot so yeah it's like they're very they're slowly bringing her out of 
being someone that's afraid all the time and having social anxiety yeah. and just these panic attacks and like this crippling fear that she still deals with, but very slowly. And I think it's kind of cool that it, it is a very slow process that over time we're starting to see yeah. her come out of that. And even if she's not fully, you know, like Wonder Woman confident, she still has her moments more and more where she is like, no, like I, I meant to do this and she'll do what she has to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. I was at first I was with her. I was kind of like, all right, like they need to, <laughs> they need to stop just making her like, okay, she's the weak link. But I've noticed that her yeah. and Simon's roles are sort of crossing that. Yes. He's very, he was very overconfident. He's very cocky. She was the opposite. Mm-hmm. And now they're kind of switching like, she's saving him a little bit more and you know it's just uh it's cool and i'm glad they're doing that i think i think she's gonna turn out to be like just incredible and i like her character a lot so um, i'm ready for to kind of see where they take her but uh absolutely man yeah I, i i am too and i think that just as we're starting to get there she goes and she drops a bomb at the end of state of fear which is the short very short second arc that she no longer wants she feels like working with the league and being a green lantern as opposed to just worrying about what green lanterns usually have to worry about um is too much for her and she thinks that she needs to take things slow and that she needs to essentially remove herself from the justice league i think one thing that that's great like you were talking about with her and simon he's talking to her in or is it when she's talking to barry uh yeah she's talking to barry yeah i i mean even then it's you know you feel like you just you make these strides with her and she's she just gets over the hump and then um she's got this great relationship going on with barry they go on this they go on a date and then all of a sudden he starts acting way out of character and for me man i was almost appalled i was like i was like okay if please tell me that this is not how you know especially after reading flash i was like oh no man this can't be barry this can't be barry and then i realized that that's you know part of the arc of the stories that they have this you know superman who wants to go kill batman yeah that was that's the end um i believe of is it number six i think was that the first issue of state of fear because it's at the end when it's just the last thing you see is clark sitting down with lois he's like i don't want to talk about batman i'm gonna kill him i'm going yeah (laughs) like what (laughs) what's going on yep exactly especially for this Superman yeah. too, because you're ju- you're introduced to him and you're like, this is such a good guy. You know, he's raising his kid right. He's doing everything that he can be to. You know, he's Superman. Yeah. He, he, he's Superman, and it um, and then it all kind of takes a backseat. And then Bruce, who's trying to, it's pretty funny because as they're arguing and they're fighting, he knows and realizes that it's not himself. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, if this was me, we wouldn't be doing this right now. And if this was you, you wouldn't be doing this to me right now. And I thought that that was really cool because I'm like awesome man batman's fighting through yeah. it like he yeah. does everything i'm like where does where does he find it uh, and that's also just my obsession with batman because yeah. he's just my he's my yeah. favorite but um i also like that we start to see vic and simon get a chance to well at least for a short while try to be vic's trying to help him out a little bit trying to get him to adjust to this life as you know this newfound hero with such a rugged past and as we talked about in our cyborg spotlight vic had a you know a pretty hard time growing up too he was he felt very much like simon you know he was even though he had his family he felt very much like a loner with his dad working all the time and not being able to make any of his events and that's part of the reason why simon acted out when he was younger is he wasn't getting the attention that he wanted from his mother and he acted out and started committing you know started stealing cars started you know just doing thing little things here little things there and would always catch the negative attention of his mother 
And so um, we'll talk about that more in our Green Lantern spotlight. But I thought it was cool how you have these different but similar personalities. And I thought that they paired them up really nice. And then almost a little flash pointy with uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman sort of teaming up yeah. together and deciding that they're they're gods, mm-hmm. essentially. And they aren't going to take anything from anybody anymore. They're tired of them treating them like they're just the run of the mill. They, um, they pull these ships. What is Aquaman? Say, I think it's awesome because there's a little nod to BVS in here where they're pulling the ship out of the yeah. ocean. And he's saying, you know, I don't want these things polluting my kingdom yeah. anymore. I'll show these guys what it is. And Wonder Woman helps him out along the way. And I just, I thought that that was really great. Mm-hmm. They did a really great job with the pairings. And then you have Flash and, and Jessica going on their date. And then she winds up vomiting out the fear because she's, I feel like she's so scared to the point where the fear almost kind of like manifest well so i was gonna ask you about that what you thought about that where what is this fear that's sort of taking over everyone because it's also because it has it's affected everyone i mean yeah and i guess that's what happened in the beginning of the arc was that it kind of showed up and she's the one that defeated it correct but now it's inside of her it's affecting everyone the the issue starts with them all just being terrified it's like batman's face and he's like freaking out and like but there's not really any backstory on what that is so what did mm-hmm. you, I mean, is that, I guess that was your takeaway is that it was just something that was manifested through her and, and uh-huh. Simon or just her? Or? Honestly, man, I don't know if it has anything to do with, and we'll talk about in our Green Lantern spotlight. I don't know if it has anything to do with Red Lanterns yeah. because you have the black and red bubbles and yeah, um, that's true. But at the same time, I also, I'm not sure if it's her fear in and of itself right. that between just her, her fear that she had before before she became a Green Lantern and the fear that she had afterwards all erupted into this giant sort of, you know, mass that they can't really control. Yeah. I feel like um, I wasn't exa- entirely sure either and I was trying to think about it. And I mean, she's she's so scared to the point where she, you know, she says, I think I'm going to vomit and she vomits it out and, um, and gets that fear and nervousness out of her. And in doing so, you know, she winds up holding Barry and destroying the fear near them, which destroys, it looks like the fear in everybody else. And so I'm not sure if it was something that was manifested maybe from them after dealing with the Red Lanterns. It's, it's tough to decipher if that was, you know, just her, her fear in and of manifesting itself, or if it was something from an outside party. But, um, I mean, it it did some serious damage, but at the same time, it also helped move her, moved her forward and while moving everybody else a step back. Um, And so her taking, you know, telling Barry at the end that she needs to to leave the league, she's still going to be a Green Lantern, but she's not going to work with the Justice League. I think that that's a step in the right direction to figure out who she really is. Yeah. And so um, I really feel like this issue, it almost entirely relates around her because she's the one that winds up destroying it. So it was difficult to decipher and then, or I'm not even sure if it has anything to do with the next arc that started in issue eight yeah. with Outbreak. Yeah. I don't know, man. What's your take? First time reading through, and I guess what I do when I get comics is obviously try to read them as quickly as I can because I get way too excited about them. Um, but I'll mm-hmm. read it and then I'll read it again like the night before the next one comes out. So that's two readings before the next issue. And then, you know, I'm rereading them all together before we do this. And I, 
before this rereading, I was just a little underwhelmed by everything Justice League so far in Rebirth, except for the one shot. I really dug the one shot, and I didn't dislike yeah. the um, the Extinction Machines. Um, it was just kind of like I, I thought the New Fifty Two run of <laughs> Justice League was so good, and I loved. Uh, I just yeah. loved it. And uh, so coming off that, I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, and whatever. This was the first issue to me that I was like, wow, like this is, this is really, really good. And it's, to me, it's because of some of the going back to the heart of it that they had. So when Batman and Superman are fighting, they have some good, you know, conversation there when there's a cool line where Superman is like, you know, you've done something that none of my enemies have ever done. You've pissed me off. And to me, that yeah. is really strong. And I was like, that's pretty yep. crazy. And of course, it's Batman. Like, of course, it's Batman that did it. <laughs> and that ties into, well, actually, uh, you mentioned the flashpointy part of things where Aquaman and Wonder Woman are like, pairing off and like, we're gods, we shouldn't have to answer to anyone. And mm-hmm. both of those two ideas tying back into what Jessica says to Barry later after, you know, they've defeated the fear and all that stuff. And she's talking to him and she's like, you know, that thing, it didn't make us, it didn't make us feel all of those things. Like all of that was already there. We already felt those things, you yeah. know, to me, that kind of plays back into what's going on in Rebirth overall, because that could ab- absolutely be a nod to Flashpoint. And even yeah. though it is, you know, that time was taken away after that, are they saying? that eventually you know way into the future things are going to get that you know some some of those aspects Mm -hmm. still come back i did think that was really cool at least a nod to flashpoint yeah kind of confirmed it when she was like you know all those things are already there yeah but uh, yeah i thought this this issue is where this series has gotten really really good to me yeah i would agree with that I i feel like you in a sense that you know the kindred it was a good story but it just it was a little underwhelming in a sense that you know we've seen the justice league take on much bigger not even so much just a threat but just has been a test to them and utilizing not just their physical abilities but their mental capa- uh, capacities right. as well and i feel like that's where this really starts to get into you know the state of fear that small arc and then next an outbreak that's really what they have to start using is now it's not just the physical things anymore we know what each one of them can do and now it's a matter of all right well how do you handle this now emotionally especially being the new team that you are and so i think that that's re- really where this arc kind of um starts that and i think one thing that was pretty interesting too is and maybe going back to the red lanterns and maybe that's what it is is for the most part everybody aside from jessica is pissed off they're all you know disgruntled Mm -hmm. aggravated and um and that's what happens in not trying to spoil green lanterns for anybody but when the red lanterns plant that seed yeah it brings out the anger and the rage in that are deep down within people that it's affected and so they start taking the rage that they would usually keep deep within themselves gets released and that's i think kind of what's happening here i could i could also be completely wrong but i I agree with you issues six seven and eight really uh really kick off i think you know the justice league i think the first uh the kindred was kind of a good introduction as to okay they can work together as a team but they still have faults so now let's really put them to the test and see and see what's going on so and the last thing last thought i had about this was um sure again when Jessica is talking to Barry about leaving the Justice League. And I thought that this was really interesting, like the implications of, you know, 
she felt everything. She felt everything in everybody. Um, and not just the stuff that like they let out in their anger, but the stuff that they didn't say, the things that they're thinking and yeah. feeling that they're not letting out in the open. Like she knows what all of that is. No telling what all of that is. And I want to find out, but <laughs> and I know, and it meant enough to her to be like, I can't be around this. Like I, I, I can't be yeah. around you guys. I got to go. And that's interesting to me. Cause I, I now I want to know <laughs> what did she see? You know, what did she feel? Coming out of everyone that just completely pushed her away when she was getting, I thought when she was getting so much better and so much more comfortable in her place as a Green Lantern. So that's interesting to me. I guess we'll find out. But (laughs) I guess we will, man. Yeah, we'll just have to keep on keeping on and and see where it goes from there. And I love her character. Again, I know I said it before, but I really, I really do like it. And I was, uh, like I said, I was skeptical before, but the more she's there, I, I do like, I think I like where they're going with her character a lot. Absolutely, man. She's she's becoming a force to be reckoned with and, and is really, I think, kind of taking a little bit from every character in the Justice League and kind of putting some of those qualities into who she is as a person. She just has to work through things usually a little bit longer than um, some of the other members, but that could also be for a reason that we are unknown yeah, to right now. Absolutely. So I guess we'll see. We'll move on to Flash. I don't know about you, man, but I, I'm just going to throw this out there and just say that issues one and then one through nine all killer yeah. i love them i i think that um i before getting really into uh back into comics i i again picked up with batman then superman then wonder woman and aquaman flash was always you know he was always the humor and he always had great timing yeah no pun intended <laughs> and um but i'm i'm really digging back I, I i of course went through did my research and all that and just started to fall in love with him even more as a character and just the you know he he really is all about and i know this is a recurring theme is just he's all about heart yeah. and just such a compassionate guy and i feel like everybody can relate to that just wants to in the end do the right thing all the time even if that means that he has to in a battle or whatever it may be in in times of hardship instead of finding the easiest way out if it's something that compromises his morals and his ethics he doesn't do it he he will go the long way around and um and figure out how to how to deal with it and i think that that's something that really shows through these first these first issues and getting really into it man it, it starts out kind of with barry having these visions of it looks like the future you know or some other dimension again maybe a nod to flashpoint yeah. and he's having a hard time dealing with wally coming back and telling him that these years have been stolen these memories have been stolen from everybody and so he's trying to deep down really figure out what's going on and goes back into your typical your typical flash where he's of course late getting to a crime scene and um director sings giving him crap for it and then he's got his his good partner august hart who uh who kind of helps him out a little bit and tells the direct uh director saying to kind of back off a little bit he's just he's just a crazy dude that's what happens when he's got a bajillion things going yeah. on and um and so he's winds up essentially realizing that he's uh late for lunch with iris as per usual and of course 
August and one of the interns that he was working with, who has now become a forensic scientist, she goes, I'll cover for you. And he goes, oh, when did you join the, the forensics team? She's like, I've been on here for months. You just haven't ever noticed me. And so she goes, but I'll cover for you. And so he, he books it. He goes and catches with uh, catches up with Iris. And as he's catching up with Iris and eating lunch, he's, you could tell he's still preoccupied by something. And that that's kind of throughout this whole entire issue. And as I'll talk about here in a second, as soon as he becomes unpreoccupied, bad things happen yeah and so he uh as he's out and eating with iris they see that the storm is about to hit and it looks really brutal and not just that but there's a fire in a building so he's of course you know he says hey you know i better go call down to the station see what's going on see if they need me to go down there and so of course speeds off starts saving these people in this fire and actually winds up in his partner august winds up chasing these guys after a robbery and he winds up catching up with him when he sees him. He realizes that there is a very similar symbol on their chest that they're wearing that he recognizes from somewhere. And he actually recognizes it from when his brother was murdered. And it's what actually the symbol for the black hole. And so as this is going on, as he's pointing this out and he's asking the guy, who the hell are you? He takes a shot at him and Barry realizes that he's too late and that it's going to kill August. He can't get there fast enough. And right as the bullet's about to hit August, boom, he's struck by lightning. And Barry's kind of terrified for a second but he doesn't really know what's going on and then he looks and he's explaining that when it happened to him that time slowed down everything slowed down and as he's looking he's seeing this guy getting the crap beat out of him and next thing you know he looks and he sees august who's freaking out who's like oh my god what just happened to me what just happened yeah. to me? you know like i just got hit with lightning i should be dead <laughs> but he realizes that august has now become a speedster and so he winds up trying to i guess what would be the best way to say it? really I mean, he's kind of training him to manage it is what ends up happening. And like, I like that kind of, uh, that sort of scene that they have where he is training him and august is kind of saying a lot of the things that i would be saying like when he's like all right now you just vibrate through the wall and he's like well, what if i got stuck <laughs> that's kind of where my head was at too yeah like yeah i would be terrified it's like same for like star trek when they like beam you like what if your head is on back like you know like, that kind of stuff <laughs> terrifies me um, yeah man, so i just kind of had my mindset there but yeah that was a, a cool thing that they actually call back to later with young wally west they actually have mm-hmm. some of the very similar things with him and mina but we'll get to that in a little bit yeah for sure but yeah he's kind of going about and um training august and and he's talks about how he he likes having partner again not just you know it's just any partner but it's also august who he works with at his regular job and they have some common ground there i mean having basically exactly. the same job and the same powers and the same like side life yeah and their instances are in their backgrounds are very similar too they both lost both lost members of their family to murder yeah and how they cope with it we wind up finding out is very different yeah but i like them as a team though like i i like them together when they're fighting together absolutely i, I think that august's costume is really cool uh his like yep. goggles mask thing I, I don't know he looks cool and they i think they look cool together like in, in each panel like fighting side by side you know while, while they are fighting side by side and it kind of <laughs> gives barry somebody to relate to that's around his age and not just that but also gets him on a gets him on a personal level he's known him for a very long time 
and is just a good, good, good friend. There's something about his relationship with August that's different than his relationship with either of the Wallies. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to pinpoint it. And I don't want to say it's a maturity aspect because I think that both of, you know, the new Kid Flash and then Wally, I think they're both mature in their own way. But I think that August just has this different level of maturity too. And I, and I think that that comes back to them being able to relate right. to their pasts. So I really like, like you said, I really like them working together as well. And as they're running around the city, they see that there's another storm a-brewing. And it's actually as they're chasing some of these members of the black hole. Barry actually gets shot with a gun that uses, if I remember correctly, uses the energy of the speed force against him. And so in doing so, it actually hurts Barry. And then um, August actually winds up coming in and helping him out. And once they derail the truck, Barry crushes the gun. He, he wants to save it, but he's like, look, if this can hurt me or August, I, I have to get rid of it. And so he crushes it and he winds up, as this is going on, one of the goons actually makes a call and um, tells them, you know, hey, look, you know, the Flash is following us. I think it's, he already destroyed our gun. I think it's time to deploy our larger weapon. And then that's when the storm starts, uh, starts a brewing. And then next thing you know, people are getting struck left yeah. and right by lightning. And it's really kind of funny as they're looking at the news. They're like, okay, well, now that there's a thousand speedsters in the city, everybody's running all over the place. And it's, they have like half the people, like half the people are using it for good. Half the people are using it for bad. And they're just trying to figure out what's going on. If these powers are going to last through um, these people. And what winds up happening is Star Labs actually creates a center where all these speedsters can go to, to learn how to harness their powers. Or if they don't want their powers anymore, they try are trying to figure out a way to help them cope with these new powers and trying to find a way to relieve the other speedsters of powers who don't want them mm. anymore. And so while this is all happening, a couple of the speedsters actually get attacked by this guy named Godspeed. What he does is he essentially takes their speed from them, and but in doing so and draining it from them so fast, he actually kills them, um, which I thought was like, wow, that's... yeah pretty brutal. <laughs> pretty brutal yeah, yeah yeah it's crazy but during their encounter with the black hole barry thinks that godspeed is part of the black hole so when they actually defeat the black hole or so they think he thinks that godspeed is done for throughout all this process he actually winds up in star labs he winds up meeting mina and she like barry wants to help and so in doing so, they actually grow very fondly of each other and, and begin dating. And so Barry's ecstatic, again, no pun intended, meets, uh, lets Iris know about his, his new lady. And after talking with August and talking with Mina, they tell him, they're like, look, dude, you've been on the go for constantly for, we can't even tell you how long, like you need a day off. You need to just take a day, chill, relax, just enjoy the day, go out, get some food. As this is all happening, um, Star labs is attacked again by godspeed and while this is going on mina has one of the speedsters that still has her powers avery so she finds avery and tells her to go find the flash and she's going to help take care of godspeed so as she's trying to take care of godspeed she realizes that even in her own speed she can't there's nothing that she can really do to defeat him and so avery finds barry and tells him about godspeed and as he runs to star labs he actually finds mina's suit there's no trace of mina aside 
aside from her suit. He he starts blaming himself for taking this one day off. And since he took this one day off, all these things started happening. You got to feel bad for yeah. the guy too. It's almost like, you know, it makes you almost think back to the Dark Knight trilogy. It's like, as soon as he takes a day off, something happens. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my God, you just feel for him. It's brutal. He is able to decipher Barry that through a series of events, the only person that he winds up making a correlation between people that Godspeed has killed. And not only that, but the through the circumstances of which when Barry was and wasn't around, um, deduces that Godspeed is actually August. And which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. That was a pretty cool little twist thrown in there. And um, one of the things about Godspeed is that he can actually split himself in to be in two places at once. And so that's why when they see him for the first time, August is actually next to Barry. And so that's why he doesn't see it at first. Yeah, he's bloody too. He looks beat up. I definitely didn't see it coming that way. No, I didn't either, man. And, And I thought that that was a great twist. But what happens is August is essentially going around and trying to kill anybody that had to do anything with uh, his brother's death. And so he also realizes that if Barry would just take care of his arch enemies the way that he's been taking care of his own arch enemies, or so he thinks, then that would help Barry essentially, you know, move on in life. And so what he does is he actually tells Barry, he's like, all right, well, since I'm faster than you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you chase me all the way to Iron Heights. And as you chase me, you're not fast enough to catch me. I'm going to go in and I'm going to kill every one of your arch nemesis, Mm. including Eobard Thon. And so then I was like, oh, damn, Like, what is, what is going on? This is crazy. <laughs> and so Barry actually winds up figuring out. And I thought that this was great writing, too, because I, I mean, it's a flash. It's of course, it's going to be a little scientific, but um, he winds up figuring out that if he can drift behind Godspeed, he can stay with him. And that if he uses essentially, what is it? If he uses his energy from drifting to catch up with godspeed if he can knock him off balance even just for a second that'll stop him what he does is he winds up doing just that he drifts behind him winds up knocking him off balance and godspeed then he's kind of taunting flash at this point he's you know telling him i'm doing this for you i'm not even doing this for myself you need to this will help you move on there's as we talked about earlier flash tells him that there's a difference between when you kill somebody and when you when you give them justice what they actually deserve and he goes you know if my mom were alive today and knew that i had these powers she wouldn't want me to cross that line and i can't even though the person who you're going to kill is the person that killed my mom i can't do that and again just goes to a testament and to the character of barry allen and it's he's talking about and godspeed even asked him and august asked him a little bit later on you know why why you why does the speed force choose you and he tells august he doesn't know but all he can do is try to use his powers for good and that's your answer right there that's why the speed force chose him he's got the best heart in having that heart it allows him to accomplish great feats and so what's awesome though is going back to godspeed as he's pretty much taunting the flash he's like i'm in two places at once so i'm gonna keep one of me here to deal with you while the other one of me goes into iron heights and kills all of your nemeses and just as he's about to do that kid flash shows up mm-hmm. and i'm like all right that's awesome <laughs> yeah. well we shouldn't say kid flash just yet wally yeah. shows up and wally says you know i'm there to help you and him and uh barry figures out that if those two can run around godspeed they can keep him in place and when they do that they're going to start stealing his speed but in 
in stealing his speed, they realize also that that's how he killed others. And that if they do it and they're not perfectly in sync with one another, that it's going to kill him. And so Barry figures out because he knows. And as he talks about one of the ways that he can beat August is that he knows the science of the speed force. He doesn't just know that it's the speed force and that it can help. He knows the science. He understands how it works. And so he tells Wally that, hey, look, we need to run around him. And if we need to stop at the same time and if we stop at the same time it'll at least stop him for now it won't drain all of the speed force out of him but it will um it will stop him enough to where we can get him into or try to get him into custody and so as he's doing that he's telling wally he's like all right wally you have to stop what i'm telling you ready all right wally wally and wally's not answering him and then you get this big lightning strike and then that's when you see wally standing there with his foot on mm-hmm. godspeed and he goes whoa it's just this awesome <laughs> page of him yeah. now in the kid flash costume it's a great that's a great great flash there that's awesome <laughs> oh dude it is it's great man it's like i love barry's face in the background he's like hang on a second and he even asked him about it afterwards he's like how did you get that suit <laughs> and while he's like i don't know man i just i just did um you know i just channeled into trying to do my best and in doing so he barry realizes that the speed force created the suit for him and so that was just a like you said a great splash and a great moment but um he incapacitates godspeed and winds up pretty much putting him to sleep and cuts off his oxygen supply just enough to where it knocks him out but he then puts him in Iron Heights. And when he puts him in Iron Heights, he actually tells August that August didn't kill the person who he thought murdered his brother. He actually went over, reviewed the files, and reviewed blood samples and even interrogated witnesses and even the investigating officer and um, realized that August had killed an innocent man. You really see August turn from a good person into the bad guy, you know? Like, as Godspeed, yes, he was a bad guy, but he was also trying to do what he thought was right. But now you see him and he knows who is really the one that created the storm, but he won't tell Barry until the time is right and until he needs a favor from barry so uh, barry's just trying to figure out if he's actually lying or what's going on we get this great moment with wally and iris and he tells her i'm the you know i'm kid flash this is awesome i wanted to tell you because um you're my hero and i thought that that was a really great moment you know absolutely he says the flash isn't my idol you are anti-iris ever since i came to central city i've watched you be a hero you don't have powers and yet you still throw yourself into danger to follow a story um i know that you're just chasing you're not just chasing headlines you're trying to help people in the only way you think you can by finding the truth it's why you and the flash work so well together because he's justice and you're the truth and i thought that that was just it's a great moment yeah. man and, and yeah. just a really humanizing moment i think kind of a great jumping point for wally to really give him a boost of confidence and to know that he can now use his powers to not only look up to both of his idols but he can sort of start to carve his own path and i like the little bit of arrogance he has yeah. man I, I i think it gives him it gives him some gusto yeah i guess would be a, g- a good way to put it and then we actually have this moment where flash is kind of narrating what's going on with wally and he's running on the treadmill there's this moment where he gets a thank you in his ear and he's like what what's going on he turns around and he he's looking for um mina mm-hmm. and he's like mina it's great because you see the trail from where she was running yeah. i think honestly issue number eight out of the flash series which is um the flash and it's introducing the kid flash yeah. 
I think that that might be my favorite book from this entire arc. Yeah, there's just so many great moments with him talking about the difference between, you know, using, he never once questioned the powers that he had to use them for anything negative. He always tried to think of how could he best change the world and how could he better everybody else's life using these powers. He never once thought like, how can I event, you know, how can I avenge my mother's death? How can I go about this? Because that's not the way that she would want me to be. I thought that was just a a great, great, great issue. And then kind of after that, um, in issue number nine is really an introduction of the original Wally West, uh, the new Wally West and Flash and all of their relationships. And you could tell there's a little bit of jealousy between uh, new kid Flash and the old Wally. And um, just because he's like, hey, man, you know, I thought that I was I thought that I was the new Steez. And <laughs> they have a little bit of conflict. And what happens is Barry has these visions again. And when he has these visions, he feels like he's getting sucked back into the speed mm-hmm. force. And he's starting to have these visions. And as he's doing so, he actually lets out some pretty harsh things. And one of the things that he actually says is he tells Kid Flash that his father father is really his who he thought was his uncle mm. daniel west and that he actually wally in and of itself his actions caused his dad to become the reverse flash mm. i was like yeah. whoa wait a second wait a second <laughs> what happened you know like i want to i want to know more yeah. and um you just can't help but this is where this art comes in and this art is great and the facial expressions yeah. you can you can feel everything that these guys are feeling and you can't just help but feel for kid flash and he actually and he he takes off again a really great moment between wally west and the flash is barry tells you know wally we need to go get him and he goes no you and me have both been there before sometimes you need to just run it off and um there's this really great panel right at the it's the bottom panel and it's kid flash running and he's got these tears in his eyes just trying to figure out what in the hell just happened what am i and he winds up going to meet his friend chunk who's dressed up in a superman yeah. outfit <laughs> which i also thought was pretty funny he's got the he's got the whole get up because it's halloween night and he tells me you know i didn't really feel like dressing up or whatever and so chunk's trying to cheer him up and then um we actually have wally the old the original wally west spots him asks him if they can talk and he's like you know who i am and then i thought this is another great moment between kid flash and uh and wally west he goes dude that red hair gives it right away man like how do you how do you even get around in like everyday life that gives it right away and then they just share this uh laughter together and um he actually tells him you know like i understand where you're coming from um i can't tell you the exact specifics not right now but i understand where you're coming from and i'm i'm gonna try and help you through this as best as i can so whenever you need me man let me know and um and it kind of helps him to to a certain degree it cheers his spirits up a little bit and um there's a great two-page splash panel with kid flash and wally running next to each other and, and says we're family i love that it's just awesome man it just really brings back you know like we talked about with tim in our uh first episode man it's just they're doing all the right yeah. things man it's just it brings the heart back into it it brings you know the love the feeling of togetherness as opposed to everybody else doing their own separate thing and um we get wind up getting towards the end of that issue and at the end of that issue barry is actually meeting with wally in the park and realizes that he thinks that wally west and kid flash were never even supposed to meet and that by them meeting they've kind of thrown things for a loop for the person who has ever messed with you know taking years away from them which we all know is dr manhattan he's kind of thrown things for a little bit of a loop and that they're going to try and get to the bottom of it. But he said that when he was feeling 
feeling all those feelings of rage on the bridge and he was having those visions he says and i saw something in the speed force that i didn't think i was supposed to see i don't know what it was but (laughs) it filled me with hope and then it's just this big panel of jay garrick's cat (laughs) and then you have those two running on the bottom with a big old smile on their face and so what were you saying to me before we really started recording this episode that you think that Jay Garrick might have um, something to do with this world Superman, uh, this new Superman. Well, I, yeah, I was just going to say, like, if if they're saying that they're about to bring him in to this universe, mm-hmm. I think that as far as the continuity goes, I think if they decide to go there, this Superman that we're seeing right now should mm-hmm. know Jay Garrick, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what, I mean, I would assume so. I mean, if but... that's kind of the way they're going, whether this is the old continuity Superman, now I know that, like, you know, there's... <sighs> Barry Allen and Wally West back then, so I don't know how that how they're going to try to line that up. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I don't know all the details necessarily about how that would work, but that was kind of my first thought. I is guess. wait a minute, wouldn't Clark know him in some way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, man, you made up a great point, and and honestly, that didn't even cross my mind until you had mentioned it and kind of threw me for a loop. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, oh man, you know, this is awesome. I, I'm <laughs> just going to throw it out there and just say that this is awesome, and I just think that the way that they're tying all these stories together just yeah brilliant man it's it's just a great thing to see the the urgency and excitement from dc fans just about these these books and and where they're going with each character and what what did you think about these uh this first long arc well the flash to me this arc has been similar to justice league but I actually mm-hmm. have been enjoying The Flash a lot more um, from yeah. the beginning. In the, because to me, The Flash feels very classic. I think the art is great. Just the, what's happening in the stories to me feels classic Flash. Yes. Again, it's kind of a... I don't want to say a slow burn because it is good. But it starts to really get great the later it goes on. And number nine for me... And number eight is great too, actually. Number nine for me is when that... When old continuity Wally West comes in... Uh, yeah. I'm like, okay, we're, we're getting on to something here. And again, the Jay Garrick uh, helmet is there. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. Yeah, this is great. Number nine, the art is crazy. And I don't know if you noticed, it's a very distinct <laughs> shift. I don't know the first name. Uh, Corona is the last name. Uh, whoever yeah. is doing the art in number nine, it's very, very, I don't want to say wacky because that seems negative. And I don't mean it in a negative way. But it's almost a little over the top in certain ways. It's so, almost Scooby Doo ish. It, it yeah, kind of like yeah, gives yeah, you yeah. a Scooby Doo kind of feel, right? It did. Um, but I didn't. I didn't see that in a negative way. And the nope. the actual the cover for number nine is really cool, where it's it's the Flash sitting on a park bench, like eating a cheeseburger or something, uh, <laughs> under a statue of Jay Garrick. And so, yeah. like, I was like, oh. oh, this is awesome. This is so cool. Like, I didn't even really, when I saw that cover, I was like, oh, this is a cool cover. And then I saw the Flash sitting down in the corner eating a cheeseburger. And I was like, what? And then when you see the helmet at the end, I'm, it, it all kind of comes yep. together. I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it more and more as it goes. It hits all the classic Flash beats you'd want it to hit. I mean, it's a simple series, too. Um, in the mm-hmm. in the sense that up until number ten, if I'm not mistaken, it hasn't been like part one, part two, part three, four. It's just each one has its own title. It's just a continuing story, but it's still a very simple linear story where yes. he's dealing with these classic Flash World characters. So you've got young Wally West and now new Wally West, but you've got Iris and you've got you know all the things happening you would want to be happening but it's not convoluted at least to me it doesn't feel convoluted it's very simple and 
just you know week to week easy to read yeah i mean i i i've really enjoyed it and i think it's getting a lot better um the art's been really solid all the way through oh absolutely without a doubt it's great this this is actually one thing that i picked up on too just from the rebirth one shot is that this is actually really good for new readers to pick up like you don't have to really have a vast knowledge of anything that happened in new 52 necessarily you know the young wally and like the old school wally might be a little confusing Mm -hmm. but like the rebirth one shot or DC Universe Rebirth one shot. It kind of explains all that anyway. Yeah, I, I, this is great. Like for anybody not reading The Flash that wants to jump in, like this is kind of where you need to jump in because yep. it's a restart without being a restart. Yeah, exactly. The, with the Watchmen teases they've been doing, it makes me think that the Watchmen crossover is going to be more dealt with in The Flash and Titans. Yeah. More so than in like Batman. And I feel like, I think the Justice League versus Suicide Squad thing is going to kind of usher and some of that Watchmen stuff too, but the Flash mm-hmm. is the one and Titans that that seem to be keeping you reminded of the Watchmen elements of Rebirth. Yeah, for sure, man. And I know that you have. I, I honestly haven't been picking up Titans just because I've been picking up so many other books that I've you know I honestly have, I have to catch up on them. But I I had that feeling kind of at when just after you read the Rebirth one shot. Yeah. And I think it's great that they're sticking with the Flash to really explain to kind of start getting into the Watchmen aspect, and you have little trips here and there to to go see Bruce yeah. and see what's going on um, but I think that it's a great place to really start uh, dealing with Watchmen and I'm excited to see uh, how exactly they're gonna deal with it and yeah I'm just I'm pumped man I all these stories the way that they're like I said before the way that they're all coming together and it's just great yeah it just really is and and this run on the flash has been it it, i i really enjoyed it um i don't think that there was really any points where i i wasn't enjoying it and like you said it's a great picking up spot for anybody that's not really all that familiar with the flash yeah just read the rebirth one shot um if you want there's actually you know go on youtube check out some of the history of the flash if you if you want and um come back and and pick up and this is a great place to start and it's very easy to follow that's one thing i think that's so great that was um a little bit difficult in justice league was that this is a very easy story to follow but not easy in a sense that it's oversimplified it's it's just it it's told in a way that keeps you wanting more but also explains to you what's going on and um i think that's kind of where justice league maybe had missed a little bit was that there wasn't enough you know how we got to where they ended up was i I just don't think was explained as well as it could have been it might be and it might be down the road too but you know exactly as as right now it's just kind of like there's still a lot of questions on top of the other questions that have already been asked in Rebirth yeah. that it's kind of like, I kind of don't feel like that there are answers for some of those that we're going to get down the line. Um, yeah. <clears throat> hopefully I'm wrong. But hey, speaking of Justice League, here's a sure question enough. that I had I had written down I wanted to ask you about. And it is in Outbreak Part 1 that when they talk about having only one casualty with the whole Kindred thing. Well, this is interesting to me. And this might be nothing. I could be completely overthinking it. The casualty is a woman named Diane Palmer. And in comic book lore, Diane Mm -hmm. Palmer was the girlfriend and then finally the wife of the Phantom, Kit Walker. And oh, DC, well, oh 
man. The Phantom has been in and out. It's been thrown around to different, you know, publishers for years. And DC had the Phantom in 88, 89, and 90. And I think their final issue was like, you know, they got married and she became Diane Walker. But she was Diane Palmer before that. Yeah. And when I first saw the name Palmer, I thought the Adam. And I was like, wait a minute. I did read a little bit of the Phantom and I do remember, no, Diane Palmer is the Phantom's wife. And then it goes into her, it shows her kids at home, like, grieving. It's a very quick scene, and they're like, oh, what's mm-hmm. Dad doing? Uh, he's, he hasn't left the basement yep. since. I'm wondering if, are they going to bring him into this somehow, have a crossover with the Phantom? That would be cool. The Phantom's always been set, I say always, that's maybe not true, but it, from what I remember reading, he was always set, um, you know, back in time a bit. Yeah. But that's something I, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see. I won't be necessarily disappointed if it doesn't work out that way. That if, It's a curious nod at least to that character i absolutely think you're onto something because i have i was thinking obviously the dad had this woman is very they mentioned her for a reason yeah and several times um and you know the scene with her children and them being in the kitchen and you know why what about dad he's been in the garage since we got back from you know the cemetery what's he's what's he even doing in there and his sister you know he's you know trying to figure stuff out he's the little boy's like you know what about us you know mom's gone why why is he gone? And you know, obviously, it's like he's he's here. Yeah. <laughs> you never know, dude, because they ha- he taps into the tapping into the watchtower, and then all of yeah, yeah. the you know the tech Wayne tech destroying. Dude, I feel so bad for Batman. The Batcave, like just yeah. oh. Just utterly destroys the Batcave. Yeah. Just all of the all, again, all of the weaponry again, again with, with the Batmobiles. <laughs> after he after he specifically says, "Man, like yes, all modifications and repairs have been finalized." <laughs> Alfred uploads the system and it just starts blowing yeah. stuff up like crazy. I love when the T Rex. He's like, "You got to be kidding me!" And the T Rex comes yeah. alive. Alfred shoots it with a missile launcher, and just that shot of him sitting there with a missile launcher with just that look on his face uh, that. Is that awesome. direct enough for you, sir? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh man, it's so great. Yeah. No, I, I think that it was, oh man, a lot to love about that. Like you said, you know, as we're head back into Justice League a little bit, that you know, these last couple books really pick it up, yeah. and there are some great. Um, love the relationship going on with Batman and Alfred, yeah. and I think that what is the, I love the one shot of um of Alfred as he's going down this, he's uh trying to go down the stairs to this part in the Batcave, and. As he's trying to do so, he tells Bruce, or he tell he's talking to himself, and he's like, "I feel like I ought to say something profoundly witty, uh, <laughs> equipped to remember this moment, perhaps." Alas, I've got nothing. And then Bruce just says, "You've got me," and it's just him jumping over Alfred <laughs> with the dirt bike, and you're like, "Oh man, that's so typical." their relationship it's so great and then he's in the back he's like in the uh batmobile and he's trying to upload the system into the uh, to override it and he's just like well how is this thing how does this thing bloody work is it is it wi-fi is it no has oh okay there it is so that's great i mean that's i i love the way they've been treating alfred in rebirth so far not that he was like not treated well before but like i just i think they're really taking advantage of him like in batman having him dress as batman uh, you oh, know, yeah. fear not, citizens. <laughs> it is Batman. Uh, that, that, all that stuff has been great. Um, but, dude, are they sure. are they about to make the Phantom a villain in the Justice I League? I don't know, man. Because when you were talking about I, that, like all the hacking of the Watchtower and blowing up the stuff, I'm like, wait a minute. If they go, and I feel like I'm just digging into like conspiracy theories, but like <laughs> if they go that route and that's Kit Walker, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like that would mean he'd be the villain if he was doing that. But at the same time, maybe, I don't know. 
Her last maybe name they... was Palmer in the news when she died, and Kit Walker's <laughs> the Phantom. So maybe it's not a connection. It's just a nod to the character. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I man. I guess speculating. I'm sure. But <laughs> I guess we'll just have to uh, have to wait and see, man, and, and figure it, yeah. and see what's going on. And I don't know, man. I thought that these. I just. I like I said before. I love what they're doing in Rebirth, yeah. and I think that um, I'm excited for more Flash. I'm excited for more Justice League, and um, I can't wait to really see where we take this. But I think that that just about does it for yeah. this spotlight episode. And you know, we talked about this before, and we said we we're only going to summarize a little bit. But I love going into it man and that's it's hard what not we, to that's what yeah i'm dude that's what we're here for you yeah. know it's you know for everybody else that's out there you know this show wouldn't be possible if it weren't for the guys over at suicide squad cast you got tim and scott and then also part of our squad cast family network we have uh brent and ray over at the dc tv squad cast so go give those guys a listen go subscribe leave them a rating a five-star review and 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 some nice comments and give them a listen man they're all really fun to listen to and, and great guys and we think that you really enjoy them if, if you enjoy listening to us and and you know just thank you to everybody out there that's that's listening and you can find us over at uh on twitter at dc comic Squadcast. you can find me personally at jordan funky and uh where can we find you there chris i'm on facebook i'm on instagram it's just chris rimmer i'm on twitter at uh rev rim r-e-v-r-i-m we have a Facebook page. It's just search DC Comics Squadcast. Click like and, you know, talk, send messages, leave comments, whatever. Sure. Share share our posts about the episodes and I'll be posting more about like Wednesdays and what comics are coming out. You know, what are you guys reading? What do you want to talk about? Because you can talk to us directly through there and mm-hmm. through Twitter and through our Gmail, which is just dccomicsquadcast at gmail.com. All of that goes directly to our phone. So we can usually, unless we're at work, we can usually respond immediately so uh this has been awesome i've really um been liking these two books more and more as they go on for sure so looking forward to the future man been a lot of fun and guys thanks again subscribe leave ratings reviews and let's talk about comics for sure guys thank you again and um i hope you have a great night man yeah you too man